listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 67 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Welcome to another episode of the Movie Podcast we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Steve Hovicki, and as always, I'm here with my co-hosts, Hassan Godwin and Latham Conger III. Our guest tonight, returning, is an Emmy Award-winning cartoonist best known for creating Billy Dogma and the Red Hook, collaborating with Harvey P. Carr and Jonathan Ames, and illustrating for HBO's Bored to Death. His published work includes writing and drawing for Marvel, DC, Archie, Image, and Webtoon. In addition... He is an accomplished playwright coming all the way today from Brooklyn, New York, still, I believe. And he's still Dean Haspiel. Dean, welcome back to Cinemental. Thanks for having me back, guys. My absolute pleasure. I uh, uh, very much enjoyed your, your first trip uh, to Cinemental. It was, uh, you were our very first guest. So uh, it's uh, uh, you know, great to have you back. This is our you're, second date. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not our first second return guest. So, but, oh, you know, okay. what are you going to do? <laughs> right. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's suffer from consumption. No, we, we've got uh, we've got Dean Dean first. So oh, I'll, I'll oh, be OK, quick. Right. I, I'll be quick. Um, I, I'm you didn't I'm know there was going to be a test so that you can't be held responsible for it. <laughs> That's true. I um I I I started watching an old cinema not old but the the Cinemax show called uh, on DVD called Strike Back. Have you heard of it? Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah, they promoted. It's, I used it to watch it. It ran for you know. It ran longer than you think. It went four and then okay. apparently stopped and recast for three. But the first four is supposed to be great, and it's great. It's okay. guns and tits. It's very. It's it's bananas. So it's, it's like bananas. it's like Banshee. It's guns like and, Banshee, which I guns, love. And gun, we've gun, talked about Banshee. Fighting fucking guns and tits. That's essentially Banshee. That it's if that's what you you. I mean, it's just absurd, but they do it really well. And it actually sometimes you you you, you feel something for these people, you know, which is bananas sometimes. because it's a lot of explosions, <laughs> you know. Like, so, like a character. Every now and then, some guy gets ripped apart, and you, and you it tugs at you a little. It gets you in the what's spot. The, and the, and what's, the, what's the what's the core <laughs> idea behind the show? Yeah, it, it's this British intelligence, like a secret British intelligence called Section Twenty that okay. you know nobody knows about. And there's this American guy who gets picked up, and he has a shady past. But it's really stars uh, this American Goomba kind of guy who's really good at what he does, and who's English. Other- and then there's an English a British guy. Oh, is he really the American guy? Is English? Yeah, he's on. He was a guy from. Um, uh, did you ever see Blind Spot that just ended last year? Oof. No, I didn't. I, I didn't see that. But wait, Blind Spot isn't the the AB, the NBC show, is it? Yeah, yeah. With, with Sif, with the chick with the tattoo. Oh, 
so I know that I know the guy who created the show. He used to be a writer on Board to Death, and he used to come to my studio. Oh wow! Uh, and hang out a little bit, and then he went on to create Blind Spot, which I've never seen. Well, Sullivan, but, Sullivan, if you, if you, next time you talk to him, tell him I couldn't get past episode six because I was so fucking bored. Whoa! Okay, <laughs> we're gonna go okay, to a commercial break to now. <laughs> Next time you talk to him, tell him I watched it all the way to the end and I loved it and it was great. And Steve doesn't <laughs> okay. know what he's talking about. Okay, okay. Well, Sullivan Stapleton is the is the is the guy, right? From oh, Strike Back, okay. yeah, he's yeah. one of the two guys, yeah. and he's English. He was also he was a, he's a lead in the second uh, three hundred movie. He was Themistocles oh, in the oh, second three hundred. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. So anyway, the, so I've been watching Strike Back. I um I just finished the I finished <laughs> yes. the, the last season two of Barry. Barry's a great oh, show. Oh, Barry's a great show. Barry? Great. I, I haven't kept I saw, up with it. I watched the first season and absolutely loved it. Oh, it's it gets even better. And there's a Good. there's an episode. Have you guys seen all season two? Nope, I haven't seen it in one episode. But you can talk. Oh about my it. god, there's an episode no, where it's very. <laughs> do you like Tarantino? Very Tarantino. It's okay. very. Kill Bill. It's very Kill Bill. That's all I'll say. It's it's okay. crazy. Um, and then I so everybody dies. Succession <laughs> season two. What's that? I've never yeah, seen right? Succession either. Oh my god, Succession is unbelievable. It's so vile and vulgar and toxic, but it's very That's very Brian Cox, right? It's very King Lear. Brian Cox is in it. Yeah. It's. I heard great things about un- that show. Believe if you guys aren't watching it. But it, it's 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 fantastic. It's fantastic. Okay. So watch Succession, and then we're gonna talk about tonight. I saw one night in Miami. It it feels like a made-for-TV movie, and Regina King directed it. But I will say the first, I'd say two-thirds, it was fine. It's a good movie. The 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 actors embody the characters are playing. It's it's a great conceit, and I thought, okay, this is all right. This is pretty interesting. But then the last half hour really seals it, and it became. A really good movie. It's just, oh, yeah. it's beautiful. It's I thought that was going to go a different way. In a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually really good. It's actually really good. But okay. But uh, yeah, I recommend it. it, it I, and I hear a lot. It's getting rave reviews, and and I, I think it's a really good. It's an important movie. You know. So yeah. Check it out. I, I I think you'll dig it. Cool. So. That's second person. But I think me. that's that's what I saw. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so I uh, Here we go. You see, he had to clear his throat, right? You're you're ready, right? Everybody's ready. <laughs> so I Everybody only get a I, drink. I, I only saw twelve films this week because I started watching two. Only new, saw twelve because I started watching two new TV series. So or not new ones, but new, I actually watched. Started watching. Well, they're both old, but one's really old. One of them um, was Nash, and I watched every episode. <laughs> That's a, that's almost physically impossible to do in a week. But um, I started watching with Deirdre because she had never seen them. I started rewatching Millennium. So we got oh, about, dude. Oh, wow. we got about we got about 13 episodes into the first season. So good. And I have to say it's it reminds me a lot of the first season of X-Files in the way that hasn't found its footing yet it's very much episode. It, it's, it's very much episode of the week and it's very much of the period the one thing i i found that i really do like with the show and i like watching to see where they do it and where they don't do it but i like the fact that it fades in from white instead of black on all their on all their their commercial breaks they always would yeah, fade in 
they would fade in from white. Transition becomes iconic. Yeah, it's it's, it's really, really neat. Um, but yeah, so I started that. Uh, I also started watching Longmire, which I've had in oh. my in my Netflix queue for so long, and I just like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the first episode of this and see if I like it. I I burned through the whole first two seasons. Uh, I just started yeah. the third third season today. Fan fucking tastic. It's on par with Justified, and, it, and I was and oh not my to- god, dude! I was gonna tell you if you hadn't seen it that no, I've seen the it, whole thing. Oh my god, yeah. And uh, uh, not to, I'm not spoiling anything though. for you, not spoiling anything for you, but it stays that quality all the way to the end. Awesome. It does yeah, it. Awesome. It doesn't dip. Awesome. I can't in my opinion, it might maybe in your opinion it does, it, but it, it's, in my I, opinion I love, it doesn't dip. I love Justified all the way through. Longmire, who, who's it? What is it? Real quick, the well, the honestly, the the main guy is not someone I recognized from any any other things. Also, I'm gonna blow your mind. The main guy is Australian. Oh, that's that. I mean, <laughs> he's that doesn't surprise he's doing me. an amazing Montana accent, but he, he really says he's does. Australian. He really does. Yeah, it's got um, it's got Katie Sackhoff in it post uh, Battlestar Galactica, obviously, huh. and she plays one of the deputies in there. It's basically a sheriff in one of the Small counties in, the, in one of the counties of Wyoming. Um, and that's that shares part of obviously the reservation share the local Re- Cheyenne reservation shares part of their land. So there's always this ongoing conflict, even though he is very much in support of the Indian rights and everything going on there. There's still this always this conflict between the white man and the Indian that, that flows throughout. Please tell me you're watching. You watch Yellowstone. I have not yet. I, I tend oh. to. I tend to wait for things to end and then so I can watch them all the way through. Go all the way through. Okay. I am very much looking forward to Yellowstone, not only because uh, it's essentially a cause. modern western with Kaz, um, which I'll watch Kaz in any western he does because <laughs> honestly he is yet to fail in that in that arena. <laughs> Going all the way back to Silverado. Silverado is a fucking mm-hmm. great film, and I know that's not reliant on him, but he's a part of it, so it, it fits in. So going back Open to the range is still unparalleled. It's is, funny. Is, is, uh, one of the one of the guests I booked for uh, two weeks from from this show uh, sent me a list of movies and wanted to know which ones had already been picked. And one of them on his list was Open Range. And I was so I was so hoping he would pick it, and he ended up picking something else. But uh, which oh, you'll which you'll be geez. equally excited about. Believe me, this is good. Okay, two weeks fair two, two weeks from now is going to be a very very crazy show. Believe me. Um, <laughs> oh boy! So the movies I watched this week, uh, I watched The Professor and the Madman uh, about the guy who uh, created the Oxford English Dictionary, the Scotsman who 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 worked with the guy the the, the doctor in the insane asylum. That's with Mel Gibson because he couldn't get actual movie roles, correct? What do you mean actual movie roles? That's an actual movie. Uh, okay, never mind. You, did, you didn't care for it? No, I didn't see it. I just—it seems like he's getting less prestigious roles because of his idiocy. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I don't. Dis- I don't. Dis- I, don't dis- I don't. I don't disagree with you there. But I. That's I, I been think. I think. For a decade. But I think well, yeah. that. I, mean, I think that if you sit down to watch most of them other than forces of nature which is is a rough watch uh most of them are pretty pretty entertaining well he's uh, a good a- he's a great actor he's just he's a good he's a great actor and he's a great director uh i just yeah, he's a pretty I, good director he's, you know, i just i i think that you know I, so so anyway the chances i get to see him in stuff now 
uh, I'm, I'm happy to. And, and again, he's, he's again, very, very good in this. It's a great story. It's a story I really didn't know anything about, you know, it made me go and look up both the, uh, both guys and kind of see the real story. And, and it, and the other guy is Sean Penn playing the guy in the insane asylum. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tour de force of two guys who can very much act their way out of a, out of a bag. So have you seen Gibson and Vince Vaughn in drag across concrete? I have not seen dragged across concrete, but I've seen get the gringo and I've seen blood father. Have you seen the guy who did uh, drag across concrete? He did bone tomahawk. Right. Yes. Craig Zoller and cell block 99. Yeah. Craig Zoller. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, like so it. then I, uh, I also watched The Impossible, Latham. Uh, it's, that, that movie makes me cry. That's a great movie. Well, yes, and that's it. tsunami that's, scene is just... Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I, of course, immediately went down a rabbit hole with that movie and as far as the making of stuff about it. And it was, it was pretty interesting, the fact that they basically spent a year prepping for that opening 10 minute sequence was the yeah. last, which was the last thing they did for the movie. Yeah. It made yeah. sense too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a really impressive recreation of the tsunami in Thailand. And I mean, it's a, and it's a great story, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a great story. It's well acted. There's a few things which, you know, I, you know, it's funny you watch it. And one of the kids in the movie, like the, the, there's, there's three children in the movie and the oldest son is, the first film appearance by Tom Holland. Yeah, he's, he's like he's like maybe twelve, uh, but and he's and he's great. He's he's awesome in it, which is obviously what people <laughs> you know watch when they've said, "Oh shit, no, we can give this guy a role." Um, <laughs> I I rewatched Chaplin with uh, Robert Downey Jr. because uh, I haven't I re- seen that since we saw it back in the theater. I remembered really really liking it, and uh, nothing has changed. It's a great biopic. Uh, Downey does a great job in that movie. It, it, it moves quickly. Uh, it bounces right through the high points of his career. Uh, I enjoyed it. I did not. I watched, I watched an interesting Nick Cage movie that I had that somehow I had missed from back in the. Oh, back in the... interesting. And Nick Cage, those words usually don't go together. Often. Oh, I can I think they go together Darn. quite often. But take... Interesting <laughs> in a good and a bad well, way, but it depends um, on what you mean by interesting. <laughs> well, it was interesting the way they decided to structure the movie. So they did. The, so the movie is next, which was where oh, yeah. you can like see two, oh, minute, yeah. okay. two minutes into the future <clears throat> and all that. And I really like the idea that they, the whole second half of the movie, which is the whole thing, and he fails. And then the ending is him bouncing back to the point to where he's like, okay, I missed something. Let's go do this. So like, <laughs> he, he figured out what he did. So they don't show you him actually being successful, which I mm. thought was a really interesting way to attack mm. the story. Mm, yeah. You know, they show cool. him failing. But then they take him then going forward like, OK, I figured it out what I missed. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go. Let's go save the world. Yeah. Uh, I watched the new because HBO Max is launching all Warner Brothers movies day date to as theater. I watched Little Things with uh, Denzel and Jared Leto. Underwhelming. I almost watched that, but I didn't. I uh, that is a that is a great uh, a great term for it. It's uh, it's it's three guys who are I mean, Rami Malik, Rami Malik and Denzel Washington and Jared Leto are all predictably awesome. And the script sucks. This story is just okay. Yeah. At the end, you're just like, Eh. okay. it seemed, I guess, a good reason to get these three guys together. But it just there's nothing. There's nothing in it that stands out. 
and then that's mm-hmm. that's that's that to me is problematic because mm-hmm. you know I, it, it they clearly spent some money on it i watched a netflix movie uh called lost girls which is a uh fictionalized account of the body dump on long island yep uh, and uh, i saw that the, the woman of, that the woman of amy ryan plays the mother of one of the girls who went missing She's that great. led to them finding all the bodies on Long Island. And uh, that was really good. Uh, yeah. I watched a... Bad, but it's really Yes, good. yes. I yeah. watched a quasi-found footage movie called Butterfly Kisses, uh, which is essentially a guy... It's a movie about a guy making a movie about found footage. So it's kind of like a, a, a an inception two steps out kind of thing about a oh. about a... It's it's a it's weird. It's not great. How awful is it? It's it's not great. Yeah, it's awful. I, you know, I'd say it's it's midline at best. <laughs> but it's an interesting watch for people who like found footage movies because it attacks it in a different in a different way. Okay. I rewatched a movie that I really enjoyed from, I think 80, 89, 90, I can't remember now. Hang on. Was it Beaches? It it was not oh, Beaches. Oh. It was not Beaches. Okay. Uh, I've never seen beaches. What you should do, Latham, is keep calling out things so he could it could jog his memory because yeah. that always okay. helps. So let <laughs> me just run through all the movies of, from 1990. Was it Dancing with Wolves? So no, I couldn't remember if it was 88 or 92, but it's 1988. Uh, it was a movie with James Spader called Jack's Back. Oh, I remember it's little a serial little killer movie, right? Little kind of uh, indie serial killer movie where you know James Spader plays a character, and 20 minutes into the movie, he's killed. And it, <laughs> he's killed and his then revealing twin brother wakes up ah. in the middle of the night. No, sensing that his brother's been killed. It's it's a really interesting way to attack the story. Um, and it's him then trying to track down his brother's killer. But okay. everybody thinks that Jack is back. Right. Correct. Right. Correct. Gotcha. There you go. See, see, clever. Yep. Well, the, the serial killer is re, is recreating the Jack the Ripper murders in downtown L.A. So it's like... Oh, a, so it's a double entendre kind of situation. Exactly. Wow. Uh, okay. I watched Gangs of New York Saturday morning. Mm. Woo! I have How's that been, ending? Yeah. <laughs> I, you, know, it's, you know what's so funny is I got done with it. And it was it was definitely a movie. It was definitely not what I expected, like completely overall. I expected a completely different movie. I did not expect it to be such a a strongly historically supported film as opposed to like just like character studies of these care of these guys through that period of time. But it was really more about the history of New York. Which yeah. I which I really liked a lot. I thought that was. I mean, it was. I was. I was surprised in a good way. It just. I. Well, I totally did five, not. Five expect- corners, right? The first half of the movie floors me. I love watching the first half of that movie. I. It, I don't think that ending is bad by any stretch of the imagination. But it seems to me that they ran out of script. It just the the way they the way that ending happens. It just feels like eh, we're yeah, out of words. A little Let's, bit. Let's just blow stuff up. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're all out of words. (laughs) Let's just let's just nuke the place and and go home. (laughs) Uh, It was nice. It was nice to see Cameron Diaz. Yeah, she's great. 
you know, obviously since he's basically retired at this point, um, I, I don't remember where this falls sort of in line with her last films or not. But uh, no, it was a little before. It was, okay, it was it was kind of in her. It she was still at at, at her prime, but it was kind of you know it was kind of the latter half of her being in her right. prime. And then I watched uh, I watched Screamers from the '90s with Peter Weller. Oh, uh, oh yeah, wow. futuristic sand monster robot killer robots uh, movie. Yeah. Uh, and I almost I almost dove right into Screamers, too. But instead, we watched a uh, bad horror movie called Nine Lives, uh, which I would not recommend to anybody. And finally, I watched uh, we watched Sunday night. We watched Trans-Siberian. Oh, my God. I've wanted to watch that forever for the one scene. That's, in it. that's a great movie. Yes, it is. Yes, it was. Ve- it was very good. And listen, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, uh, the guy who did the mechanic, Brad. Uh, I can't think of his name. No, Anderson. Brad Anderson. Brad Anderson. Yep. And and hold on. And he did my favorite modern horror film, Session Nine. Oh, oh that's wow. right. That's right. He did. Have you wow. seen Session Nine? So, at ten or five, and 10 or fifteen times. If I can get you, so there's an actor in that movie. Uh, 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 why am I blanking on his name all of a sudden? Session um, Nine. St- Stephen Jevedon. In okay. session nine, who's a pal of mine who also co-wrote the movie. So he co-wrote session nine. He's in the movie. And I can get him on your podcast. Wow. Okay. Good guy. That would be awesome. That's All right. A, that's, a, that's a that's a that's a great movie. Uh, they list um they list one of the the their one scene in Trans Siberian always gets knocked on lists for twenty five most disturbing scenes of all time. Trans Siberian. Mm. Yeah. The the torture scene, really? Yeah, yeah. Go look it up. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but I've wanted to. That's I, I, why I've wanted to see it is because that always gets listed. It's funny. I see different. I must see different lists than you because I've never seen it listed anywhere for that. And I see a lot of like lists of like well, worst you, worst things to watch and all that. Well, but I, well, you saw the movie. I mean, I you know without giving too much away, how is that scene? It was it was it was graphic, but I I, I don't. It's I've I've seen far worse. I mean, I've seen okay. a Serbian film, so I mean, it's like you well, know. But they say this is like it just it it's very unsettling or something. So, well, yeah. yes, I mean, it, it, it to the depth that they go. I mean, listen, I would expect anything, I, no less from Brad Anderson. I mean, it's a very visceral, very tough to look at scene. They don't necessarily rub it your face in it, but it's one of those things where you know exactly what the guy is doing. And so you get that thing where you can kind of feel what he's doing on your own body as it's happening because you okay. know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But okay, yeah, I, 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 I get, I get, I get what you mean by that. I do. Okay. I, do. I, I would never have thought. I would never have thought of that because just because I've seen a lot worse things. Well, there. I mean, I a lot of the lists aren't don't put graphic stuff on there all the time. They right. just put scenes that are just bothersome, like just yes, like, yes. So you know, gritty and realistic yep. and the way they're written. I, I, would, I, would, just... I, would, I would definitely give it that. That's for sure. Okay. Well, good. Well, that's enough to talk about it. Cause I haven't seen it yet. I really, that's what high on my list. That see. is uh that is all I consumed. If you want to say uh, that's, that's all. So, well, you're a glutton for punishment. Uh, I am suffering from consumption. So. I am. So, 
but uh, for the next uh, at least foreseeable at least week or two, my my movie consumption will be down a bit while I while I burn through Longmire during my weekdays, <laughs> and uh, and continue with Millennium with Deirdre. So, yeah, Millennium. Uh, I, want, I want regular text updates of of the Longmire experience. <laughs> it's it's great, dude. I'll, hey, listen, if if after if we end up doing the Justified podcast, uh, if you want to do the Longmire podcast, I'm I'm down. I, I'm I'm totally down. I'm going to, I'm going to say something. It's going to, no, it's not going to be weird. It's going to be okay. Oh, <laughs> it's the second time that happened. I've been trying to get people yourself. into, yeah. I've been trying to get people into Longmire. It's okay. just one of these things that just doesn't come up on people's radar. And then yes. when they see the imagery, it's just like this guy in his duster kind of on an open plane. And they're like, yep. you know, have you, and it's, have you watched, so good. have you watched Tin Star with Tim Roth? No, I have not. Okay, neither have I. So that's I was just curious if maybe you'd seen it because I get I get the same kind of feel. But he's like a he's a transplanted big city cop who goes to a, a really tiny, very rural location and becomes a, a police officer there. So I'm yeah I'm excited to check that. I'll out check it well. out. So uh, I think uh, we've Stevie. I, one yeah, last yeah. thing yeah. on your Millennium when you watch Millennium, uh, just take note of what you think is the best episode because I think it's super clear the best one they ever did. And obviously the show gets better when they start building their mythology, which is yes. only three, it's only three seasons, but once they start building the mythology, the show gets better. I mean, there's still, yeah. Once I finish the show, once I finish the three seasons with her lay, I'll actually tell you about an idea I've come up with while watching the show, which is for a reboot, uh, a modern, a sort of a modern reboot in which not only could you bring uh, Lance Henriksen back into it um, and you could go either way you could go with him either as a guest for a couple of episodes or you could bring him on as a series as a, one of the main regulars of the of the series so I'll, I'll especially I'll fill you. since he he looks almost exactly the same now yeah he's just great <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah he looks exactly the same I agree and um, he's still, and the, he's, uh, the X-Files episode that concludes it too Yes, that, that right. that's I've got yeah, that on, yeah. I've I've got that on my radar already to that disappointed we... a lot of people. It did. So, yeah. um, and, it, and as it should. Um just to just to, to circle back slightly, I was oh. I'm I'm still trying, and this is this is in um this is no fault to the to the material of itself. It's just the the manner in which I'm trying to watch it. I'm still trying to get through um breaking bad, right? Okay. And we all at one point I kind of strayed um, while watching a couple. I was in season three of Baking Bad, and I and I stopped, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to give this a rest a minute. And I watched episode one of Longmire, and before I knew it, I had finished the whole series before before even going back to Breaking Bad. In like just five days, I I, I blew through that whole series. So it's great, um, man. It, I can't yeah, say it, enough good things. It's so much fun to watch. It's like like you said. I mean, I it's not as it's not as twisty as justified, but no. the storytelling and the cast, the cast is phenomenal. The storytelling is solid. All of the, all of the stories that continue on that they don't get, they don't get dull. They don't get boring. They have a lot of, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff that ties back in with not only characters, but with stories. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of intertwining as you move through the series, which is, which is great for me. So did you did you get to uh, Peter Stormare yet? No, no. Okay. Well, you got me very excited. Okay. I love Peter Stormare. 
Great. Uh, and you and and you your feelings will not change. <laughs> I I have no <laughs> doubt. Peter Stormare has long <laughs> been one of my favorites. So, but uh, on that note, I think we have suffered enough. And that takes us to Dean's. Well, he calls it a guilty pleasure, but it's got an awfully high rating uh, for a guilty pleasure. But uh, the incident. I, I told you we were closing up 20 minutes ago. You touch that switch and I'll tear your arm off. Hmm. <laughs> if we miss the train at this time of the night, we'll have to wait a half hour. directed by Larry Pierce. Two young thugs harass the other riders, a cross-section of the era, in a subway train car in the 60s New York City. Dean, why on earth did you pick the Hmm. incident? Uh, A few reasons. One, I'm a big, I'm a New Yorker, and I'm a big fan of movies that involve our subway system. I mean, the taking of Pelham 123 might be the best movie about New York City. You know, starring Walter Matthau. It's incredible. Uh, Warriors is such a great, you know, movie that's it's it's very cartoonish, but it's it's so much fun. Let me ask you this. Do you think it's about actually about the subway or it's about New York? What warriors or, or no, 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 I'm saying your your like your love of movies. Do you think it's actually about the subway itself or is it about old New York? Well, there's old New York, which I, I love old New York. Um, and also because I guess, I mean, it, in a way, it's a great setting to to have a play. And, you know, I write plays, right, as well as well as make comics. But uh, to me, the actual setting of, 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 you know, different people that are, in this case, trapped in a situation on a moving car, you know, uh, that has this destination, but where are they going? Where, where do people need to get off? Why can't they get off? What's happening? I, I, and you, you meet a lot of New Yorkers in this case uh, through this kind of uh, uh, circumstance, you know? So many people ride a subway, you know, from rich to poor, you know? And, yep. and, and every kind of person uses it, you know? So it, you don't know who you're gonna, and I had written a play called The Last Bar of the End of the World and one major scene takes place in a subway car. Uh, and after, and then I discovered this movie, The Incident, a few years ago. And I thought, oh my God, I want to write a play or a movie that takes place in a subway car, even though I've just seen this movie. This really inspired me <laughs> to want to do, do my version of this, you know? And this movie has a real menacing quality to it, you know? Not only because of two actors and it's actually Martin Sheen's first film. Uh, Ed, was it Ed, Mc, Ed McMahon as well. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. His first film. Okay. His first feature and, film role. Yeah. 
and I didn't realize that he was an actor. I always thought he was just Johnny Carson's right hand man. Yeah. You know, that was surprising <laughs> to me too. And he's good. You know, he was he was fine. Yeah. Um, I love the structure of the film. I mean, after seeing a movie, you know, I was attracted to the quality of it being like a story that takes place in a subway car, right? And it seemed to be like really heightened. And it is a very heightened film because all the characters uh, that you meet are kind of in in uh, heightened situations, you know, uh, in their own lives. Um, a lot of it has to do with money. Uh, they're economic, you know, in a way the subway represents, at least back then, oh, if you have to take the subway, you're probably poor, you know? And if I'm correct, <laughs> this this movie also takes place at 2 a.m., I think. It's really late yes, at night. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, and these two movies are a year apart, 66 and 67, you know, uh, between this and uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. You, you, what I love about the structure is that the first set of uh, people you meet are actually, in a way, the villains of the movie, right? They're mm -hmm. the bad guys. And in fact, not to give too much away, but they murder someone <laughs> at the beginning yeah. of the film, basically, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it took me the third time I watching a, the I film. Didn't, I, didn't, I didn't take it as a murder. I took it as a mugging. But I, well, didn't, I, didn't, a, I didn't necessarily take it as a murder. So, so you, know, I've seen you don't it. know what happened to him, but he's severely beaten. So. Yeah. Well, well, but it's it's with a knife. Like, he, does no. use, he doesn't use the knife? You no, sure? he uses only his hand. Because he hands the knife back to the guy. Okay. Lots. All right. He, so hits, maybe, he hits him like four yeah. times. Yeah. Okay. So maybe Martin it's... Sheen. Martin Sheen had the knife, but but um, but uh, Mustante didn't. Uh, he. But Martin he Sheen is, his is the one who hits him. Martin Sheen yes. is the one who beats up the. the yeah, but doesn't he give the knife back? Yeah, I think he gives the knife back. Yeah, he gives all right. It back to Mustante. Folds the knife and gives it back. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Okay. So so okay. May, maybe, but but the, right out the gate, you're meeting two kind of crazy men. Uh, and then we meet all the other characters before they get on the subway at the ends of their nights, you know, and everyone seems to be pretty upset, <laughs> you know, before they get onto the subway, you know, and I love that structure, that idea of meeting, you know, very different people, very different, you know, there's the Jewish couple, there's a couple that has a, you know, a sleeping daughter that they're trying to get home, uh, there's a black couple, uh, there's I, a guy who I presume is gay, right? And he's yes. There's a and he's trying to pick up another guy, and the other guy is an older man who's not gay, but he's trying he's trying to get a second chance, I believe, with his family or his son. You know, um, there are all these characters that you know um, are, are dealing with economic issues or you know just trying to get by, make ends meet. And then they get on this subway to try to get home when these two menacing men get on the subway and start to fuck with everyone. Oh, there's also a, a guy who's a young guy that's very rapey toward a girl. Yes. <laughs> and then she kind of digs him, which I thought was very strange. What I like about the movies, it's also no, very she, she acquiesces. She acquiesces. Okay. She acquiesces. But but it, it's very unapologetic in a lot of ways. This movie, oh. like toward its characters, you know. Um, I would I would say that um, it, it's it's it borders on cartoonish the characters, you know, in certain ways. I I but I did like I did like the way the story unfolded. Uh, it kept moving. They did. They were able to do a lot on a subway car. Um, there's also like uh, kind of like 
it looks is it a is it a rich not a rich couple there's a guy with the glasses and the woman that they've just been at a fancy party right right obviously they they uh they they're poor like he doesn't make enough money his wife clearly feels he's not living up to his potential that's right that's right so i mean teacher you're introduced to a lot of different situations that meet on a subway there's this crossroads and the crossroads is then steered into chaos by these two menacing punks, you know, that yep. uh, get on the subway and start messing with everyone. And oh, and then there's the two soldiers. Yep. There's um a guy with a broken arm played by um oh Bo Bridges. Bo Bridges. And so and it's what's also interesting is that the movie's also somewhat about dignity. It's about who and and then there's a bum sleeping on the car, you know, like asleep that they they start messing with first. And, it, and, and it's also about who's willing to step up and do something or say something. And, and I, I also thought that was really interesting, you know, and, and, and because you're sitting there as an audience member going, well, when would I say something or when would I stand up and do something, you know, and right. it kind of asks you that same question as you're pointing your finger at the different people. It, it, to me, it, it's, it's very much a B movie in a lot of ways, you know, um, but it's it's also a great concept, you know, and I think they 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 basically pull it off. What did you guys think? Or was there any more story stuff we want to talk about? Well, so my notes begin this way. In a film populated with repulsive characters, many of which have shown no redeeming qualities by the time we get into the meat of the story, which is essentially halfway through the hour and 40 minute running time. It's truly difficult to either root for or side with most of them. Mm -hmm. It starts off to me. I got as soon as we jump into this and you, you you sort of you you get the gist very quickly of what the course of the film is, is that no one's going to do anything. These guys are going to work their way through the car person by person being assholes Mm -hmm. and. The problem was, is they set so many for me. This now, this is me talking about my own take on this. I got a very Kitty Genovese feel out mm. of this situation, mm-hmm. uh, I, and which was only four years or three years, four years, three years earlier. And I, I, and if you don't know what that is, look up Kitty Genovese, and you'll know exactly what it is because everyone knows the story. Not everyone knows the name. Right. Um, you know, as soon as they lay into, or you know, Martin Sheen intuits that that first guy by himself is uh is a homosexual Mm -hmm. or at least he appears to be uh or maybe you know maybe he's just trying to figure it out i mean he Mm -hmm. uh, he seems so unsure of himself in general Mm -hmm. that you almost don't even know if he knows Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know i i find myself three quarters of the way through this movie going what is the fucking point of this Mm -hmm. I, i i felt like i honestly felt like this movie could only go one of two ways and I thought that either they were going to get to the end of the line and these two assholes were just going to walk off the train and everyone's left sitting there shell shocked. Mm-hmm. And, and after having dealt with these assholes for this 45 minute ride mm-hmm. or what was going to take place by some character, mm-hmm. which is what happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I felt like, you know, the first one gives you the sense of just showing the pointlessness of everything of the mm-hmm. world of, of everything. This this sort of just, I don't want to say nihilistic necessarily, but mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, how there are people like this out there. 
And, you know, at the last minute, though, it turns and it gives you that little that little denouement of one guy finally having enough standing up to these guys. And by the way, the non New Yorker. Yes. Yes. The one guy who wasn't from New York. Correct. But in its own way, it still showcases the pointlessness of it. Mm-hmm. Of, of of the entire thing and i you know i feel like this movie honestly is best taken um like you said as a chronicle of new york in the mid to late 60s mm-hmm. you know it's it's like it's like we had a guy on who picked basket case mm-hmm. um as his as what his guilty pleasure and the reason oh, is is he wow. loves he loves new york mm. from that 70s that gritty 70s mm-hmm. time and that movie perfectly showcases the visuals of New York city in that time frame, mm-hmm. And it, it, this is like, it's, this plays out like a travelogue of just anger, hate and abuse. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I, I, I felt, you know, it, you know, you know, and I, I couldn't figure out, and I understand or later on after this, they, they, they lock the door and at each stop, they were kind of blocking the doors, but there's one stop right after he confronts the date rape character. Mm-hmm where they don't they don't tackle that story that part of it at all because there's mm-hmm. a full stop during that scene where he's going at it with the blonde mm-hmm. where it almost looks like he's got you know the way he's sitting you almost imagine he's got his hand like mm-hmm. under her ass doing something mm-hmm. while the whole time while he's talking to the guy um who was very much and very rightly so tagged as a guy very much like them had he been out with a buddy of his. Mm-hmm. And I think that he, I think he's probably right. He probably would have been. He's a contemporary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little less violent. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he was just a fucking rapey douchebag. But, uh, you know, I, I just, it, it, I, you know, I, I, you even sound like him. You even speak the same. Yeah. And the I, and old, I, the old I, man when he points him out. I felt like going into this, going into this this part of the show about this film that basically I was going to come off sounding the way Latham does a lot of times in his reviews of films and how it just basically it was one of those movies where I watched it and there's just there's nothing redeeming about this to me right um, other than the visuals of where and when um, there's some neat background stuff which we'll get into after you guys go through this mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. for me this is a movie I will never ever revisit <laughs> It uh, it. I'm glad I saw it because, like I said to you earlier, I had never heard of this before you brought it up, and I feel right. like this is a movie that might come up in conversation sometime between people who know film, and I'm glad I saw it for that reason because I right. can I can discuss it, right. but um, there is there is no way in hell I'll ever watch this again, mm. and mm-hmm. I just I just mm-hmm. I just did not mm-hmm. did nothing did nothing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, Latham, what do you think? <laughs> well, we were, I, I think early in screenwriting classes, we were taught uh, it's very difficult to write for two characters, let alone three or four. Uh, so if you're going to write something, don't overload your story with characters. The more you have, the harder it is to maintain the action. And, you know, basically what we have here, and I agree with Dean, is I think they pull off the structure of the story with each of these pairs as they enter the train, you learn a little bit about them and then you get them all in the same room. And now we're all in the same room for the, you know, for the, for the main story. And 
it's not easy to write that many characters and remember them all with your shots and with their little bits of dialogue. And as the two bad guys move around the train, uh, that's, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed how it was edited. I enjoyed how it was paced. And I think all the acting was fantastic. I mean, it's difficult to do that in a group scene. It really is. And I, you know, I just, it, that kept me compelled at least for the, for the majority of the film. Um, you know, the, the, the bullying in this scene is it's tough to take at times. The bullying of the gay guy is, is, you know, it's not that graphic. It's just rough. It's just yeah. mean. what they're doing. This guy is, I'm sure back then it must've been, again, this is another, you know, visceral movie for the time and subversive and very subversive movie. And these, you know, these, a lot of these people have, unre like Steve said, have unredeeming qualities, but I don't know. I just like the, the main idea of the story was interesting to me. And, you know, I won't say it's a fantastic film, but I was, I was surprised by it. I thought the director did a, you know, he's the hero here of, of handling this and maybe the editor too, and what you show and what you, who you focus on. And I mean, those are, two really good bad guys i mean they're they're bad and they're they're evil and they're you know they're they're people you learn to hate more and more as the movie goes on um so i you know i would just say i i i i i knew nothing about this film and it is a timepiece of new york city from the 60s and i think it's important in that effect i think there's parts of it that are um you know, with the, with the rapey guy and the way he's kissing her and stuff. I, I don't understand the direction there and why you want him to do that. I don't know. I don't know if that was a rating thing as well, as far as like what you could show at the time or whatever, but you know, there's a lot of uh, towing the, you know, or maybe trying to cross the line here at times. And I found that interesting. I tried to picture myself watching this back then and I'm sure a lot of people, you know, can you imagine taking a date to this movie? Ugh. My goodness, you're done. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's over. It's over. Yeah. Just, just take them home and, and say, sorry, I fucked up. And apologize. Yeah, just, apologize to everybody. <laughs> the I, ultimate mood buster. <laughs> I did not read the review of the incident in the New York Times. I apologize. Uh, here's 20 bucks. Really. So... Um, but I, 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 a, that date ends with you putting her in a cab, you know, like, <laughs> like, let me, let me pay for a cab. <laughs> I don't even want to kiss. I don't even want to know yeah. where you're going. Get out of here. It's yeah. I, I'm, I'm talking about like a date back in 1967. I mean, geez, I mean, Hey, you know, let's go get some ice cream after the movie. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. I get an AI. And, uh, and to your, to your point, Latham, my distaste for the film has nothing to do with any of the actual physical performances or production of the film itself. That's fine. And there's a lot of actual interesting camera tricks done. Uh, and we'll, I'll get into this more, but th that train car. So the, so the New York city and New York transit would not allow them to shoot inside of 
a train car. So all of the exterior footage was shot by them guerrilla style. And all the platform footage was shot at a platform that eventually was closed and torn down up in the Bronx, actually uh, up Mashula uh, Parkway. It was. It had a Mashula sign on it, but it, yeah. it might probably wasn't the 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 actual station. But I determined from the Mashula sign also to to the point of where Bo Bridges and his friend were going that they were on the four train. They were taking okay. the four train. Okay, it says the outdoor scenes of the L train were filmed on and around the Bronx section of the Third Avenue L, which closed in early '73 mm-hmm. and was torn down shortly after. Third Avenue L used to come right by my house and uh, go right to Gun Hill Road from from oh. uh, Webster Avenue. Wow. Um, now they they use that station probably. They use a station. Yeah. But the train that they were supposedly on was probably the four train, just okay. by the route mm-hmm. that they were supposedly taking. Yeah. And so anyway, what they ended up doing was, is they got, they contacted the company that built the train cars for the IRT and they actually got the blueprints from them for the train cars. And they built a set based on the blueprints of the train car so that they could completely recreate a subway train car. So they didn't make it wider, you know, to accommodate for, you know, shooting or anything like that. Mm -hmm. They made an actual replica of a train car and worked around the inside of it for its thing. And they, you know, they set up lights on the outside of it. That that car never moved. You know, they, all the lights that set up on the outside to show travel or whatever was all, was all done, you know, with tricks. It's a good job. It's a good job. Absolutely. It's convincing. Um, I, I, I mean, uh, you know, you kind of know because of the the nature of the of the of the business or whatever. You know, it's you know it's a set. Um, just by the way the the scenery right. moves by the windows, but you it but you're quickly immersed into that. Like they do such a good job of of faking it that you don't care. You know, you you don't. Yeah, there's nothing. It, it doesn't feel behind it that would set you out of the scene. It's. It's really yeah. well disguised. Exactly. Yeah. Also, those old cars, one door was automatic and the other doors were manual. So I oh, don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know if they could effectively jam the door and the door wouldn't open. Okay. I don't know if that part's true, but that I do know that there were doors that didn't open. That you had this, you had to pick and choose your door. Gotcha. So, so he cars. takes his shoe. He takes his shoe on one end of the car and shoves it to yeah. block it. But I wonder if that also blo- blocks the mechanism for the manual part, so maybe it blocks all the doors somehow. Yeah, I don't think I don't think all those all those doors were automated like the trains we have today. Whereas right. when right. something goes wrong with one of those doors, the whole train doesn't move. Like you know, it, it holds itself there. Um, right. You can't. You couldn't open those doors while the train was in transit for for obvious reasons. But I, as I say, and I'm, I'm speaking out of my ass, I do not know if you can actually jam those doors the like door. that. But I yeah. do know if that one door didn't open, you had to run to the other car to get out. Mm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, you know. I okay. mean, we'll, we'll give them that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the device. But, but uh, they also yeah. did show, they made, they made sure to show you that they couldn't even cross from car to car because that door yes. was locked. Yeah. Those doors were oh, blocked. Yeah. They so, needed a locked room for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Hassan, what did you, uh, how did you take it? I think it's, uh, I think it's Latham. So go for it. I went, oh, I went I, for Latham. Did I, I did? I, 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 you know, I did. 
You can go. You did? You went yeah. first? Okay. I talked a little bit about it. Would you like me to talk more? Oh, did you have more, Lay? I'm sorry. I thought you were no, done. No, I, I, really, I really didn't. I, it's a, I would conclude by saying it's, a, it's one of those films that I, was, that I knew absolutely nothing about. And you know what? I can compare it to Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf in this way. Whereas that movie I had heard about for a while, it kind of disappointed me. Whereas this I had never heard of, and it kind of surprised me. And they both... Came, came up to the same level for me, which I'm sure is going to sound ridiculous to you. No, that makes but, sense. Uh, I mean, no, but, at all. Um, but they had parallel themes of like just bullying and, and um, just subversive dialogue and just, just meanness from the average human. And that's, you know, you can watch that, but it's sometimes some people like, I think me and maybe Hassan or others it, find it, you know, it's, it's tough, tough to watch people act horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with Latham. I said actually that uh, apparently tonight's themes are malignant narcissism married with hidden inadequacies, <laughs> which is basically, basically both movies. Dean, did you I, plan I, that? <laughs> I mean, I'm just curious. Yeah, that's what that's what I want to know. <laughs> like, like, whenever we get these movies, I'm always like, "Who Hello. is this guy? Like, who who recommended these two movies? <laughs> like, like, how is this conversation going to go?" I, uh, I I agree with Latham. It's it's it really is hard. Like like halfway through the film, you're like, "Somebody punch these motherfuckers!" You know, like, and it's and it's the it's it is the wrong reaction to have. Yeah. Um, but it is it is some it is so cathartic you just want to see these guys get thumped you know because they just they run roughshod through the whole movie over everybody you know everybody just he was leaning in in their business when he was leaning in on bo bridges the first time all i wanted to see bo bridges was to reach up and throat punch him right like he's so close (laughs) now see that's my favorite scene in the film because that's the one time they they really depict that well that guy sees it in Bo Bridges' eyes. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to be able to push this guy. Like, mm-hmm. he sees it. Like, when he has his hand on Bo Bridges' face and, and he takes his hand off and he's, he's yep. there. He's in beast mode, right? Yep. And he literally calms himself down because yep. whatever undisclosed story about that character, he's, he's, already, he's already crossed that bridge, mm-hmm. you know, of... I, I know I know my darkness. I'm gonna control myself, you know. Like when the when the when uh, when when uh, Benjamin Cisco's dad uh, starts making fun of uh, that's Brock Peters who yes. plays Benjamin oh. Cisco's dad in Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah. uh, oh. When he's when he's like when he's like oh I'm I'm so here for it to see these yep. two people and you can see Bo Bridges like shoot him. Like the meanest stink eye. Like he's like, I'd love to accommodate you, but I'm just trying to go home, you mm-hmm. know. And you, mm-hmm. and then there's, there's it calls into question why his arm is broken in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things like you don't know why this guy is. He doesn't have a family. He's already he already reveals he doesn't have a family. He's probably come from some rough neighborhood in Ohio, wherever he came from. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oh, it's an Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> it works. He's he's you know, hanging out with his friend. His friend is his friend is obviously took pity on him to share his leave with him to bring him home to right. meet his parents. So there's obviously something to that. 
So that's, you know, he's kind of kindred with those two other, with, with, uh, was, uh, Musante and, and, and Martin Sheen, who I will talk about in a moment. Um, because I've never hated Martin Sheen so much in my whole life. Yeah, no. I grew up, I grew up revering Martin Sheen. Like he was the the he was the dad in all circum. He was like the dad you wanted in all circumstances, with the exception of one or two movies he did when he was really young, especially one with Jodie Foster. I was just going yeah. to say, have you seen mm-hmm. Badland? Bad? Yeah, but yeah. but but I mean, for the most part, he's yeah. he's you know he's the hero, right? Yeah. And just to see him just revel in this in this role. Was just were, that was probably more disturbing than the actual material in the film in and of itself. <laughs> but that sequence, I don't know if you know if you ever could bring yourself to watch it again. Look at the look at the look in uh, Musante's eyes when he sees it in Bow Bridges. He's like, yeah, you know, the guy's yeah, like, I caught it. You're 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 about to wake it up, man. Don't don't wake it up. You know, you guys think you're bad. You're not bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're not up to whatever this is. Mm-hmm. So. That's my favorite scene. The other, the other thing, the other thing I really love was like I know exactly which train they're on. They never mentioned the train. <laughs> right. I know the route, so I'm like they have to be on the four train because they're they're on they're in elevated they're on an elevated train system. They're in Mashula. There's only one that goes one uh, one train that's elevated that goes from the Bronx to Grand Central. I know they're going to uh, uh, they they they're going to the Port Authority even though they don't mention it, but they're going to catch a bus. So you get off at Grand Central and you walk over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's pretty, you know, it, it was kind of, as a, as a New Yorker, it's kind of cool to know the routes, know exactly where they mm-hmm. must be and what yeah. they're doing. They get some of the stations wrong because where, when they, when they stop at 125th street, you're like, no, nah, you would have got that. You got there like a half hour ago, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, nice well, the timing yeah, is obviously way off, but yeah. Because I mean that trip is not long from the from from Mashula all the way to to to, and I know that's now. I'm I know I'm going by now, and I know those trains were slower, and they were more prone to uh, to delays or whatever. Yeah. Um. But that trip is not as long as this movie is because they right. would all gotten the Grand Central Maybe it's like Bizarro New York. You don't know. It could be, it could be Bizarro <laughs> New York. It could be. But yeah, this it's another movie, just like uh, Virginia Woolf, where it's these people. Who all think who are all putting up airs of whatever whatever character they they all want to be, with the exception of Egg McMahon, who's just trying to be thrifty. <laughs> he's not really he doesn't really have all the character flaws that all the other that, that the rest of them mm-hmm. have, other than mm-hmm. he just won't get in a cab. Yeah, right. yeah, he's just cheap. Yes, everybody is trying to pretend that they're someone else, and then they they come across someone who's, you know, they come up across an opposition that they don't expect to run into. And then you see them for who they actually are mm-hmm. and including uh, Musante and, uh, and Sheen who run into Bo Bridges and they find out that they're not as tough as they actually mm-hmm. are. So that's kind of the theme of the story. I get it. It just took too long for someone to punch that guy in the face. Cause I'm like, these guys are, <laughs> this, is, this is terrible. Now I have honestly, been in hundreds of situations like that where you're all everybody's mm-hmm. just trying to go home someone gets on the, the train and they just decide they just pick and choose who their victims are and they just they they run through the car it's never been to that level because i don't know 1960 67 i think this was maybe that's different 
That shit after right around after Bernard gets <laughs> that shit didn't happen too much. It, you know, doesn't have people don't tolerate that as much. Someone, someone, there's you know, like the Star Wars line. There's always a bigger fish. Someone bigger is always going to get on the train mm-hmm. and and put it put an end to the shenanigans. And also, there's a lot of cops on the trains now. Now I know through through um, uh, during the lockdown and pandemics, I know the train. I've I've been hearing that the trains are absolutely horrible now. They're they're absolutely the way they were in the 70s. Wow. Now, so this is not a good time to ride. Wild the train Wild West. Now. Yeah, it's it's a, it's supposedly very bad. I have not been on them. I have not ridden the train since since uh, for a year uh, since last March. But I know that they're supposedly a lot of people are telling me that the trains are really bad. Hopefully that'll clear itself up as we all emerge from our yeah our our uh, igloos and and go back into the world. <laughs> it, it's a good movie. I don't know. I'm, I feel the same way uh, about it that Steve does. I don't know when I'll watch it again. It's uh, it's it's really well done, but it's another hard movie to watch. It's just you know it's right. hard to it's hard to watch people pick and choose and just in this and just draw out the weakness in other people. It's hard to watch people who thought that they were who they who they were someone else, and then find out in the face of uh in in the face of a crisis that they're not that person. You know that they don't have. And it's hard to watch. Mostly what this was doing was you were seeing a whole bunch of wives and girlfriends discover that their that their significant other is worth shit. You know mm-hmm. that they're they're not really um good people. You know that they're not going to be able to defend them. They're not going to be able to do anything for them. <laughs> Gary Merrill, who's the Douglas, the guy who was trying to get back with his family, is the only guy who stood up in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's the one who started. He's probably got the best character there, even though he wasn't enough to stand up to them physically. But he's probably my hero in this film, even mm-hmm. though O'Bridges is the one that used his fist. If I don't think if uh, I don't think if the Douglas character had even mentioned anything about how they were treating the homeless guy. I don't think any of that movie would have happened. I don't think anyone would have done anything. No one would have said anything. Because, I mean, at least, as the story goes, at least everybody gets fed up to an, to, to the extent that they become vocal. You know, they don't really do anything. But they, they all become fed up to, to a certain degree. And, they, you know, they, you can tell that they all have kind of a soul. It's really hidden. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, they're not, none of them are good people. But I, I guess if I was going to pick a, the, a, a favorite, it would be the Douglas character. Um, even in the beginning, when he, when was he runs D. into that, yeah, Ruby's great. Well, she, yeah, but she, she's it's it. That's the hardest one to watch because she keeps telling him, she keeps telling Brock Peters not to do anything. Yeah, and then it dawns on her he's not going to do anything. He's yeah. he's. He's, he's well. I mean, he gets I no. Mean, he's neutered at that point. Yes. Like when he gets up, he's. He can't do anything. He doesn't fight either of them, you know. And it seemed it to me it looked like she thought that he was some kind of wild man. He would he would turn into a wild man just because of probably the the sequence the scene with the uh, the the, the clerk agent, yeah the station the station agent um, is probably a scene that's been repeated a bunch of times where. He's picking on weaker people. Garbage. You know, he's, he's garbage. Ca- yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> he's causing a fuss everywhere they go, giving her the impression that he's some kind of strong man. And then when he runs into two real hard asses, he he just starts to cry. 
you know, folds like, so, a, folds like a card table. It's interesting you say that because I've seen it like the movie three times now. And that, that scene is so hard to watch because of his performance and what's happening. But yeah. also, I can't tell, is he down to fight? And she keeps saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Right. And he starts crying because he's going to not do it for her because she's right and he needs to learn from this because he's been saying the whole time, I, I hate all these white people and this and he's angry and all and and i haven't read it i didn't watch it as oh i'm i'm a wimp anyway you know and but that's interesting because yeah, i hadn't seen it that way that's the impression I, that's, because that's the excuse he's been looking for and he doesn't take it mm-hmm. if, if he's no, been totally if he's excuse, that right. if he's that but, but, burning to 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 do something and someone has got his hands on his woman he's not gonna you know, I mean, he's to the point where he's actually he, if he had uh, a bag of popcorn, he would have he would have been eating it, you know, right? because yeah. he, he does say, let's scene. not get a, yeah, he, they, they don't get off the subway because he's like, no, I want to stay and watch because I want to see yeah. these people hurt each other. And then they start picking a, on yeah. him. Right. Because and he's, then the he's other, a malignant, you know, narcissist like he's a he's another one of these. Right person that right. talks a big game but he doesn't there's there's nothing there like he and right. the reason he's angry all the time is because he knows he's not going to be able to stand up to anything when something bad really happens and right. those are the angriest people those, and it's those interesting people are the, always the angriest and it's interesting at the end <laughs> some things never change he's the guy that the cops try to take down first assuming yeah. i know the cops yeah. run in there and grab him grab just him first in there the thing that bugs me the most about this 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 is what they get wrong every time and it drives me crazy <laughs> now there are people who are who are susceptible to it and i get that but being called black isn't an insult to black people right it, he does insult him later he gets into in, into the meaner insults later but he just, you know, he says black, and then you see like uh, Brock Peters' entire face, like his crestfallen. That's not. You can't. Mm-hmm. I know I'm black. You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not an insult mm-hmm. to be called black. A lot right. of what? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's <laughs> I, shocking. I, I, I hate know, to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Silence, white man. <laughs> are you offended? Are you offended? <laughs> I called you white. We would call him uh, white man, Kimo Sabi. Yeah, <laughs> no, actually, exactly. I would be, you would be Kimo Sabi. <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 funny that they that the that even a liberal's take on right that is that being called black or being called other mm. or being otherized in that sense is an insult. It's something you know, you know it in your bones. Mm-hmm. It's not something. Now there are people who go around with a delusion and then when they are called when they're when they are otherwise it it, it is earth shattering so i'm mm-hmm. not going to say those people don't exist mm-hmm. but they, i've just seen this trope so many times mm. of, you know now when he elevates his insults that's another that's another psychological door you know that's yeah. you know being being called n-word is a is is a psychological trigger to a lot of people so mm-hmm. i get that mm-hmm. But the reason I think the guy is weak is because these two guys, these two guys are perfect candidates. They're white guys, and he supposedly hates all white people. They insulted him. They put his hand. They put their hands on his uh, on his his wife. I, I assume even either his wife or his girlfriend. 
and yeah, his wife because her name is uh, Robinson also. So that's his wife, and no one in that car is going to testify against him if he takes those guys out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, physically. Mm-hmm. So the op- the the moment he's been waiting for his whole life mm-hmm. of free license to be able to take his yeah. his uh, racial aggression out on these two guys is there, and he can't do it. Mm-hmm. He's, stripped, he's stripped com- from him. Complete. Yeah, he's completely. And neutered, and I think that's because he doesn't have it in him to do it. Right. I I would I would more say it's not really. Ru- I think he'll blame Ruby D later. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything because you told me not to. But then later, if you see in her eyes, she just she at, at one point she just comes to the realization: wait, you're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just you're just going to stand there and cry. Mm-hmm. So you know, everybody found out something that they didn't want to find out mm-hmm. about themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a terrible experience to watch. The catharsis of watching <laughs> Bo Bridges beat the snot out of some guy with his broken arm, I, it, it, it's more satisfying than than I, as a civilized person in, in Western civilization, to want right. to admit to myself. But right. Right. I'm with you. Yeah. Hard movie to watch. Good yeah. movie. Really well done. And shout out to, to you know, Mashula Parkway and the, and the four line. But mm-hmm. holy crap. <laughs> Hey Steve, uh, one other thing I forgot to mention too. If you got, I was curious if you guys noticed it. When they set up each pair in the movie, it almost seems like the writer is trying to make a point about just circumstance, like the you know the couple with the kid at the beginning. They had a chance to not end up on that train, but they didn't because he didn't want to take the cab. Then the other people are, you know. They just happened to be timing wise. He had to make his bus. You know, the the soldiers had to make yeah. their bus. So it seemed like you're trying. Yeah, they to- all yeah. got on at different stops. It's until the mm-hmm. until the car was packed. Other than the gay guy and the guy who he tried to hit on, uh, mm-hmm. Merrill. And they both ended up. You know, it, it, you know, their timing could have been yeah. screwed up. It's almost like he was saying, you know, your your character flaws are landing you on this train where you're going to be taught a hard lesson. That's Kind of what, kind of what yeah. I got. Did you did did you notice that in the scene with the with the 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 rapey guy and his girlfriend when he when he you know she rejects him and he just gets mad and goes up to the platform yeah and so, you know and he walks away from it. Uh, there there's a long shot of her and there's a little sign there's a there's a poster on the stairwell just beneath her that says mental illness. Oh yeah. 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 Very that. funny that poster. Yeah. Yep. I was surprised. And it's, and that. then she, she does go up and chase him. She does go after him, you know, yeah. instead of she's got any opportunity to go anywhere she mm-hmm. wants at that moment. And she mm-hmm. goes, she goes after that. Now it being two thirty in the morning with her out in the street, she might want to stick with yeah. the devil. She knows, yeah. but yeah, so. that's, that's her circumstances. She chooses to go up there with him or she wouldn't have been on that train, but that poster was yeah, it was just like wow. There's a it's poster blatant. about mental illness back in 1967 on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit, little bit jarring, but that's that's a good point. That might have been a subtle little little thing. Now, did, does anybody know uh, the the television show Renegade with uh, Lorenzo Lamas? I know of it. I know of it. Yeah, the blonde woman in that uh, in that show was one of the regulars. Her name is Kathleen Kinmont. According yeah. to this database that's the little girl uh that's that's uh whoa that's ed, ed mcmahon's oh. daughter that's oh, wow. 
That's you know, funny. I, I, I also thought an interesting. I don't have that confirmed. I have this. You know, well, I've it's funny because I was looking database. up stuff. I was, I, I'll tell you, I was looking up stuff about the incident on Google, and a picture of Catherine, K- Kathleen Kinmont did come up, and I didn't look at why. So that that yeah. makes sense. Mm. Mm. I, I like the moment where the guy with the glasses, and then the woman with the hairnet. And she just like she's fed up. She stands up and she's like, "Why are you doing this? Let him off the train. Let him off the train." And then they start fighting each other. Yeah, it was so yeah. ugly, so oh, nasty, and yeah, and like it just derailed. You kind of think in the, in in the in in the theme, you know, in the it, it, as a as a story arc, you think because he's the one who admits uh, openly that he is not the man that he that she wants him to be you know like when mm-hmm. they're when they're sitting together and he's yeah. like i'm not i'm never gonna make the money that you want me to make i'm always mm-hmm. gonna be a teacher you figure like as stories go he's the guy who's gonna be able to step up because he's he's the most self-aware out of all of them mm-hmm. but no he just hates him he mm-hmm. just can't stand his wife that's right <laughs> and, and that that's comes right. out you know that's right <laughs> he's shrew yeah, yeah. I, I i i i understand steve's kind of like I'll never watch this again, you know, feeling and then like, what is the point? But I think in a way it's got an ambient quality to it because it, it, like what Hassan says is it's almost like a train of judgment or like, or where you you find out who you are, you find out who you are in in an extreme situation. Right. And there's, and the one person that kind of steps up, Although I keep struggling with the idea, was is this an anti-violence movie? A movie about anti, like, is it about dignity? Like, what is it about? You know, ultimately, what's the the message? You know, it's not about anything. It's fucking pointless. I I I would (laughs) I would say that the 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 point of the story is self-negation. You know, Mm. you don't know who you are, and you're faking it every day. And, right. the, and the society we live in allows you to do that because you there's very few confrontations, even though we think it's a violent society. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't, don't have to look in a mirror on a regular basis. So you could mm-hmm. go, the Brock Peters character actually speaks to that more because he's probably going around like a firecracker, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. snapping and sniping at people on a regular basis and nobody will fight back. Yeah, everything know, is, an, everybody everyth- just wants to be. Everything is a personal affront. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because he's black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and be, you know because of and be, and most of that is because he knows he can't really do anything about it because he mm-hmm. doesn't have the character to do anything yeah. about it. So that's that's what people latched onto because that's it's true. very difficult for us to say I've got no character and I'm kind of a coward <laughs> and I'm not going to be you know nobody mm-hmm. nobody nobody will do that if they're not they're, right. if they're not challenged to do so. Right. So, like, you know, it, it, you, you are correct in, in noting that the, the one out of towner is the only one who actually stands up for anything, mm-hmm. because in theory, he's probably been confronted long ago, long mm-hmm. before this. So mm-hmm. he knows who he is, and he's, he's able to. He knows what he could bring to the situation, mm-hmm. um, and he's probably done so. That's 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 my thought. He's probably done some dirt so bad. He's trying to protect them from himself, you know. Mm-hmm. The the, the beast in, because, inside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I mean, with one arm, he takes these two guys out, and and he get in in the midst of getting stabbed, mm-hmm. and he's not. He he's get no he gets no help from the other guy, you know, oh, his yeah, other army buddy doesn't even from anybody. Yeah, 
So, I mean, honestly, obviously, that's that's not his first rodeo, you know. Right. Right. I, so. I, you know, I think at one point I thought maybe that was a direction they were going to go at the end too. That was maybe it was going to go the route of a murder on the Orient Express, mm-hmm. where basically at the end of the day, one mm-hmm. guy was going to stand up and it was going to trigger everybody, and basically everyone was going to get in on a blanket party on these two guys, mm-hmm. and you know the yeah. doors would open at the at Grand Central, and they were all going to walk out, and there were just going to be these two fucking pieces of crap laying there, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. ready to be swept out with the rest of the trash. Right. But, uh, right. I think it would have been great. I think, I think yeah, well, I think it's a much more modern style ending to this story, and that's just because of of where we are now, and mm-hmm. of you know, yeah. forty years of film, fifty years of film watching, you know, between then and now. So, did you notice the cops helped? You know, after the Brock Peters moment, the cops helped everybody but Bo Bridges. You know, they, yeah, they mm-hmm. went they they picked the they picked the two they picked the two criminals bodies, up yeah. off the ground, yeah. And then, and then his his friend had to walk him out. I, yep. Nobody even helped him walk out the door. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. hard movie to watch, man. Thanks, Dean. You're welcome. <laughs> thanks for another. Thanks for another kick to the nuts. <laughs> Next up from Dean, Faces of Death, parts one, yeah. parts one through four. <laughs> These are guilty pleasures. My main. Yeah, movie I've is. seen all those. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> See, I already have a movie I, that I would love you guys to watch, and maybe maybe it's be for our next one. It's uh, called Reflections in a Golden Eye. Have you heard that heard of that movie? No, oh, it's, no. It's, already it's, a, it's John Huston directed it, I think, and okay. it's 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 shortly after Brando did On the Waterfront, and it's Brando, uh, uh, Elizabeth Taylor, is his wife, and she complete, and he's like a he's like a captain in a in the army or something and it's on a on a base and he's completely emasculated by her and his secret is that he's he's a homosexual and he's in love with a very young robert forster who rides around naked on a horse and there's a there's well, i don't a, need to see this movie anymore Thank you very much. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff it's incredible this movie it's what year is that I, I want to say uh, it must 67. be in the sixty. It's sixty-seven, and and I'll tell you what's what I read about it. It's a great movie, and uh, I forget the name of the writer who wrote the, the the short story or the book that is based on a famous female writer, Carson McCullers. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sound. That's it. Okay, and uh, halfway through the film, apparently men would get up out of their seats and leave the theater and not watch the rest of the movie. <laughs> kind of like Latham because they could not accept what they were starting to watch (laughs) right which was like wait Brando is gay and Brando is incredible that's it I'm out of (laughs) here that's right I'm going to the bar to pick up and I'm taking this popcorn with me (laughs) (laughs) who's with me who's leaving (laughs) some women (laughs) where are the women (laughs) bring on the women just watch we need women stat <laughs> watch the trailer it's incredible it, it, it's okay. a great movie. so uh so that that the that wraps up the incident uh, <laughs> uh let's let's that's not let's not talk about the incident anymore <laughs> let's not linger on this and that wraps up the night so um <laughs> wait latham oh, what's but, that hassan but latham. <laughs> we've forgotten something <laughs> oh the last jedi <laughs> <laughs> One little stop. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, where's that? <laughs> Down the tubes. And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. Oh. <laughs> cool. All so right, then, and then the next one. So we now we move on to the incident posters. Okay. So this first you go, one. The next, the this... next white man insults me. Gets a one-way ticket to the graveyard. Um, <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> 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 I'll I'll take threats with no actual uh, you know substance. I'll take threats for two hundred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll take empty threats for a thousand dollars. Alex, thank you, thank you very much. It's like a switch. It's funny. It's almost like they're like, you got to get to the end of this movie. <laughs> to get to this. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, we'll, we'll, it'll be there. We promise. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like the black and white with the orange kind of you know tone yeah. over it. Uh, it's it's. I guess they're just trying to like give you like little buzz words, buzz clips. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a very this is a very uh, a poster design of the era. They did a lot of this. This is sort of kind of in the time between, right, where they were doing a lot of the painted posters and were shifting over mm-hmm. to a lot of more designy based stuff. So they started doing a lot of like photo, just kind of like almost like Fumetti style right, uh, right. posters. Designed with a lot of photo images uh, worked yep. together or whatnot. Um, so next we have a, um, this is a, this is a French poster, right? This was a, French. this was this French, <laughs> French dressing and to drink yeah. Peru. <laughs> um, but one of the things I forgot to mention when we were talking about the incident, um, that supposedly this movie is a remake of a Western from 1960 called the plunderers. What? Yeah. So now I, I I'm I'm gonna try and run that down to see. And when I look up the plunderers on IMDb, um, the description of the film uh, does not um, really does not match the 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 goings on in this movie. Uh, yeah. I just I fourteen people on a stagecoach. so the so the the so this here's the here's the breakdown of of plunderers four young cowboys ride into trail city texas figuring on taking over for a while rancher sam christie with a paralyzed right arm refuses to get involved against them and kate miller calls him a coward when jeb kills the timid sheriff sam goes to his ranch and gets his gun the boys are waiting for him and ellie goes to his ranch and finds him badly beaten up by one of the other four the young davy shocked by killing it's a western that goes off all the different places it's not locked into a room Right. No. Right. But the idea is that these four guys ride into this town. I mean, I, calling that a remake, I think, is a pretty fucking loose, yeah. loose way of yeah. looking at it. But um, yeah, that's a stretch. Yeah, it, it's a little, that's little a odd to say the least. Although um, I'm noticing, like, between this poster and the next one, yeah, is they're dealing with this clock. There's like a a clock here. What do yeah. you say? New York three hours. Do what is it? What does that say? It's three hours. Before what? Like with uh, something on the metro. Are they suggesting that that that, that was a three-hour incident or something? Yeah, or? I, yeah, I don't know. Huh. 
Yeah, that, right. the ride, the ride from Mashula to even the ride yeah. all the way from the beginning to Mashula to Grand Central yeah. in three hours. Because right. no one would right. ever get to work if that was the situation. Yeah, no, from the Bronx right. to Coney Island ain't three hours. No, it's that's not right. close, but not. I think not it's quite. three hours of the night. All the time they got on the train and the stuff. Eh, that, maybe, maybe. Yeah, sure. Good Give it some hear. dramatic license. Yeah. You know? so then, so next, the German poster is a uh, another variation on that same scene with uh, with Bo Bridges with his arms raised, getting ready to to pound. These yeah. posters give them give the 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 last moment away. You know, the, yeah. they the do actually they does do. raise they, up. They actually they do the the polar opposite of what the uh, the the uh, the posters for Virginia Woolf do, which tell you absolutely mm-hmm. nothing about anything. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the other thing of the other thing I had about uh, the incident was the fact that so the UK cinema release was rejected outright by the British Board of Film Certification twice in January of 1968, and it has never been resubmitted. Oh, wow. wow. So they never see this. They've never seen this in England. Never been released wow. in the UK. Someone has. Well, it's never been. <laughs> there's never been a UK release of this movie. Let's put well, it that way. But, but it's never been. Wow, certif- the, the never next been one certif- looks. The next one's really good. It almost looks like a, that's the Polish poster, a, like a, a a power pick, you know, like what do you call that? You know, for to for an afro, although they're hands. Oh, you know? oh, oh so, yeah, like a hair pick. Yeah, like a hair pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Like this yes. has. What does this have to do with anything? Welcome I guess. To, welcome to Polish movie posters. <laughs> wow! Exactly. I mean, it's a cool drawing. That's, or the, cool that's the beauty of, of the Polish the movie poster industry, by the way. Wow! Is that their that's... posters mean nothing? <laughs> they mean nothing. They just and they're proud of looking. it. <laughs> yeah, proud and, they, of... and they don't care if they do or not. That's clearly, that's right. They're just like I, I oh. like it. I like. I like it, but I, I I mean, is it because of the hand being touchy, like touching, and creates anxiety? No you idea. Know? Like, Maybe these posters are wow. meaningless. <laughs> no idea. We're, we're mighty proud. So, uh, Latham, uh, I mean, that's all the posters for the incident. Uh, Dean, thank, thank you, buddy. You I, I appreciate you hanging with us, uh, through the uh, technical difficulties. Thick and, and uh, absolutely, and, uh, you're uh, you're 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 one of the good ones, pal. I, I appreciate it. Thank um, you. Thanks to uh, to one Fest- of the bad ones, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to <laughs> thanks to Festly and Music. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And you can always listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at Cinemental Pod. For Hassan Godwin, Latham Conger III, Dean Haspiel, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening to us, as always. And in the words of our friend and malignant narcissist, Ruben Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. What should I do for the incident? Uh, switch ba- Switchblade-yielding subway rider. <laughs> oh, boy. Cancerous boil on society. <laughs> That's the boil. <laughs> uh, uh.